Hi, my name is John. I'm the lead pastor at Grace Life in Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, welcome to our uh, sermon in a minute or two or three. So we're in the middle of Galatians chapter three, and we're moving through that, and I just wanted to give you the, the heart and the core of uh, my message on Sunday. So the question is about how is a person saved? Do good people go to heaven? And the Bible is full of like, do this, don't do that. What happens when we fall short? Does that impact our salvation? So these are a lot of important questions, and um, there, our culture asks these questions. Paul's culture was asking the questions. It's interesting, in our culture, 90% of Americans think that there's a heaven. Only about 30% think that hell is a real place. And of those 30%, most of them in this survey don't believe they're going there. So I think we're an optimistic culture, right? But still, scripture is pretty clear that um, there is good, bad, right, and wrong, heaven and hell, and life after death, and we want to make sure we understand uh, how to get there and what's going on. But not everybody understands uh, scriptural truth like like we do or like Paul did. Gandhi is a you know was a super spiritual guy, and listen to what he said about conversion, spiritual conversions. He said, in the realm of political and social and economic, we can be sufficiently certain to convert, that is, to entertain new models or new ideas. But in the realm of religion, there is not sufficient certainty to convert anybody, and therefore there can be no conversions in religion. Does that surprise you that Gandhi would say that? Well, I guess Paul didn't get the memo because his whole life is converting people to, to Jesus, right? Jews and Gentiles. And so in the book of Galatians, the first couple chapters, he was accused of being dependent on others for his gospel, and he defended that and said, no, I'm not dependent on others. I got it from a direct personal encounter with Jesus Christ. Uh, his opponents said that he was distorting the Old Testament teaching. And um, he said, no, I'm being faithful to the, the text. Um, he, they, they thought that Paul's gospel could be like Judaism revised, but Paul was pretty clear, no, this is Judaism replaced. It's a whole new deal. And that, that didn't go over well with the, uh, the Pharisees, right? And so um, finally, the, the opponents of Paul were saying, no one else is going to believe this. Even the leaders in Jerusalem, the other apostles, they're not going to buy into this. Well, he goes to Jerusalem, and guess what? They don't reject his gospel. They ratify it and empower him and send him on to spread it more. So he's, um, he's on a roll here in the book of Galatians, arguing with the Judaizers. And the heart of what Paul is saying goes back to a promise in Genesis 12. Check this out. This is Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, so you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And that last phrase, all the families, plural with an S, that's one of the first indications that God's heart has always been for all the nations, Gentiles as well as Jews, way back to Genesis, okay? So uh, this, is, this is the Abrahamic covenant. This is a promise to Abraham. And this is in Genesis 12. Well, about 430 years later, the Mosaic law shows up. Okay, and so the Jews just figured, well, newer is better. And so since the Mosaic law came, the Mosaic covenant, they assumed that this Mosaic law would replace the promise. And that's their whole perspective is just the law, the law, the law. And so 
Paul is saying, no, uh, the, the law isn't a forever deal. The law ended with Jesus, but the Jews just thought the law was an ongoing, never-ending thing. So Paul is saying the law has a lifespan. It started at Mount Sinai and it ended with Mount Calvary. So the law is done when Jesus came. Faith is the new model. And that was the basic argument that Paul had with the Judaizers is how to perceive the, the relationship between the Abrahamic covenant and the Mosaic covenant, okay? The Jews saw that the, the covenant of the law was more recent, newer is better, and they took it and they thought it replaced the promise. Paul's argument is no, the promise has precedence. The promise is, the promise is permanent, okay? And so Paul was arguing that the promise is the overarching structure of God's interaction, and, and um, that is operating by faith, blessing the Gentiles as well as the Jews. So um, Paul's argument here is that following the law doesn't get you closer to God. It never, it never did. He's actually arguing, and this is really, really mind-blowing, following the law makes you worse. It doesn't get you closer to God. Why? Because the purpose of the law was never to make you acceptable before God. It was always to reveal your shortcoming and lead you to Christ, someone who is satisfying the law, the only one who can satisfy the law and satisfy it perfectly. Here's, here's the key verse in Galatians 3:24. So then the law was our guardian or tutor until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under the tutor. For in Christ Jesus, you are all, Jews and Gentiles, all sons of God through faith. And so that key word there, until, again, that's a temporal word. Paul is saying the law had a lifespan from Mount Sinai to Mount Calvary. And during that time, its purpose was to lead you to Christ. And it still is. So um, a good question. You know, when you and I, when we fall short and we fall short, we sin, uh, we read the Bible and it's like, oh, I did that. And the Bible says not to do it. Or the Bible says I should do this and I don't do it. What do we do with that? So does that impact our salvation? Here, here's what you want to do with that. You can agree with the law and go, yes, I stand condemned, I stand short, I fall short of God's glory, but in Jesus Christ, my faith in him, God sees me through Jesus' sacrifice, I'm good to go, I'm forgiven, I'm accepted. And that shortcoming, that, that like for me every day, it's just a good reminder, like yes, I agree with that, I fall short, but I have placed my faith in Jesus Christ, and so in him I'm secure, I'm a child of God with inheritance, and the Spirit of God is proof of my family membership. It's good news. And so I just want to encourage you to, to, uh, to use the law in that way as a reminder of who you are in Jesus Christ and your, your eternal standing in him based on his sacrifice. And, um, and I hope that will make a difference because that's pretty powerful. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.